Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Hey guys, how you doing? It's Renee. So good to be back with you for episode 78. We're pushing our way towards 100. Now you might have seen a little bit of a teaser that I put out on my Instagram story, a little bit of a poke the bear kind of a comment, I guess, where I suggested that perhaps equality has never been a biblical concept. I know some of you might have been like, what is she talking about? I wanted to poke the bear a little because I want us to think about this whole thing that is just so prevalent in society right now around equality and equity. And I feel like we need to have a huge discussion around this that I certainly don't have the answers for. I certainly don't think it can be covered in one episode. Um, So I thought I would just at least start it and attempt it. There's so many different angles uh, that I could come at with this. And this is a podcast episode that you'll really want to concentrate on. So probably one of the most difficult yet important topics that I've ever covered. Um, I think it's a topic that we need to really learn to rethink about because we're being thrown a lot of ideology by the world on this. And it all just sounds so great. But like I always say, think, 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 ask questions, think critically, where is it all headed? So that's exactly what I want us to do today. I want us to look at where society is headed when it comes to equality and equity. And more importantly, does the Bible agree with where society is going? So I thought it's really important that we start by defining our terms so we know exactly what we're talking about, because these terms, um, most of you would know what we're talking about when it comes to equality, but equity is something that's really, really hard to get our heads around. So I'm going to attempt it. So let's start with equality, which is basically when everyone receives an equal share of resources or opportunities, despite what they already have or don't have. And I'll give you some examples in a moment. All right. So that's equality. Everyone receiving an equal share of resources or equal opportunities. And equity, on the other hand, this is the one that it's a bit tricky to get our heads around. But that is when resources are shared based on what each person needs in order to adequately level out the playing field. So in other words, equity is more about giving more to those who need it at the beginning so that we all end up in the same place at the end. Now, we have to consider that there are two sides to equality and equity. There's the treatment and then there's the outcome. Okay, so what the world is increasingly wanting is not only equality in the treatment and the opportunities that people are given. And of course, that's where equity comes into it because um, not everyone starts in the same place. So that's where a lot of policies now are to do with equity, which is, okay, well, if you don't start in the same place as me, let me help you begin by giving you a leg up in a certain area. 
Um, so the world increasingly, though, is wanting not only equality in the treatment, but equal outcomes. So we hear a lot of conversation now that not only should people be treated fairly, but also people should all end up with equal amounts of everything. So equality, not only in treatment, but in outcome. Equity, not only in treatment, but in outcome. So a few examples of equality, we'll focus more on the treatment side to begin with. I mean, you guys could come up with a thousand different examples of your own, but equality looks like things like everyone, no matter who you are, no matter where you live in Australia, everyone gets access to free education. Anyone can go to a public school. That's equality, okay? Or everyone gets access to free medical care. That's equality, again, of treatment. Or everyone has the same opportunity to finish their schooling, go all the way through year 12 and Everyone has the opportunity if they want to get entrance into university, okay? Here's some examples of equity. Equity would say, well, um, for example, as a teacher, if I had an Indigenous child in my school, I used to have to fill out a particular form that would go to the government and would give extra funding for that child towards their education, okay? That's an example of equity. So we're giving something extra to another student to help them with the leg up to achieve equal outcome to the other students. Um, Another example of equity might be giving extra support to students with a learning issue or providing cheap housing to the homeless, Okay, we don't provide cheap housing to everyone, but we help and we consider the homeless by giving them um, cheap housing. So that's equity. Um, Giving rebates to the elderly towards electricity, that's equity. We don't all get a rebate, but those that need it. So it's all about giving extra to those that need it. Now, these are all good things, right? But the thing is, the conversation is now extending way further than this. So now you and I hear a lot about pushback against those that might hold more power or pushback against those who have more money or pushback against those that might have more opportunity because of the color of their skin. So what we're now being taught is that um, our outcome might not be exactly the same as somebody else's. And if that's the case, then we are more oppressed. So there's this kind of utopian society that we increasingly see trying to be attained where everything is fair and just and equal. So this means, right, that in order for the world to be a place that's fair and just and equal, then we need to prioritize equity and start distributing resources based on those who need them. And this sounds good, right? And to a large degree, it is. I mean, I myself am a benefit of living in a society where equity is one of the uh, policies, I guess, in our government where I benefited. So I grew up in a single parent home. Now, my dad was self-employed and he rarely paid child support. He either never paid it or he didn't pay it on time or he didn't pay the right amount. So my mum was then able to be a stay-at-home mum and focus on raising my sister and I because she received a single parent support income from the government that is equity. And I'm really grateful for that. But like I always say, we have to think, 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 ask questions. Is it always good? Is where this uh, society or certain people in society are trying to head, is this a good place that we're going? 
Now, of course, we should always help those in need, okay? And you'll find so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about that. But is it possible to achieve this utopian society where everything is fair and equal and we all achieve this equality of outcome? So here are some questions that I ask myself and I want to pose them to you just to make you think. So if we are going to go for this equity uh, and and equality and equity of, of outcome for everyone, well then who and the only way this can be achieved is to distribute the resource most to those who need, who decides how that resource is distributed? Who decides what is fair? Can that kind of equality of outcome be achieved or does it mean that it'll end up that one group gets elevated only to the detriment of another? Let me give you an example on this one. So think of the refugees that hop on the boats to escape their country to come to, for example, to Australia, right? Now, social justice would say, take them in. And this is such a controversial topic. And it's, um, it's been, you know, heatedly debated that if that happens, we should take them in. So of course, you've got the Labor government that would be tend towards more yes, take them in. And then of course, back in the day, you had John Howard, that was like, no, turn back the boats. Now he might have seemed, you know, cruel and terrible and horrible. But the thing is, if we help that one group, the ones that came illegally, that came by the boats, And I've got no answer to this, by the way. I'm just like, these are the questions I pose to myself. But if we help that group, have we not just disadvantaged the ones who are trying to come in the right way? Like, what about the ones that are still in their country that have gone about trying to get in um, the correct way or the way that the government has, has asked them to come in? Have we now just put their timelines back, have now resources that were meant to be for them now being given to the ones that have come by boat? Like, have we disadvantaged one group by looking after another? Is This is another question I ask myself. Is actual inequity bad anyway? And who decides how and where the resource are distributed? Like which human being is going to be the arbiter of fairness? Which human being is going to be the arbiter of which person or people group should receive more than another? And what if that human being has their own agenda? Like, I mean, hello, isn't that the whole reason why World War II happened? Isn't that what Hitler did? Didn't he decide that the Jews as a people group, had too much of the world's resource and wealth, so he victimized a whole people group? So what if someone evil is at the reign and they're the ones deciding where fairness is and where resource should go? And another question is, does all inequity come from the sin of others? So individual, systemic, past and present, because you're going to hear that a lot, that all inequity comes from the wrongdoing of people, whether that be individual, but mostly what we're hearing about is systemic. Everything's systemic now. So, and I'll explain a bit more of that in a minute. But last year, Kamala, it might have been, yeah, beginning of last year, Kamala Harris, who most of you would know is the vice president in America, gave a speech that went quite viral. And according to her in this speech, and you can go and listen to the whole thing yourself, but she said at the end of it that equity is about everyone ending up in the same place. 
In other words, she said, no matter where we start, we should all finish equal. Now that sounds really good, right? Like no matter where we start in life, we should all end up equal in equal places in the same place. And of course, we're being told now that inequity and inequality are entrenched in every system of society. And that's why people are not ending up in the same place. We're being told that it's entrenched in government, in education, in the police, in our healthcare system. It's entrenched in white people as a people group. And it's even entrenched in Christianity and white evangelical churches. And therefore, all systems need to be dismantled and we need to start again. So basically, the message that's increasingly being sent is that Western society as a whole needs to be dismantled. Now, this is where critical race theory, by the way, is being taught, and that's for a whole other podcast, which I definitely will do. But today, I want to focus on this idea of reaching equity and equality, not just of opportunity, but of outcome, because it is affecting, it's starting to affect a lot of the policies that are being put through government. Now, as compassionate people, we are fully buying into this concept because it sounds really good. Of course, we want those in need to be looked after. Of course, we want justice for everyone. Of course, we want fair treatment of everyone. And even really, it does sound really good for everyone to end up with equal outcome in their lives. We want to be compassionate and strive for equity and equality. But I want us to look and think a little deeper at this and see how should we approach this from a biblical perspective. So what we're asking, I guess, is what's biblical justice? And is it the same as the social justice that the world and even to some degree the church has been striving for? Because that's that's what we're being told. It's all coming under the guise of social justice. So let's have a look at some biblical definitions. Where do we find equity and equality in the Bible? Now, I don't have time to go through all of the scriptures, so I'll just give a few. But basically, the Bible actually defines both equity and equality. So one example would be Psalm 99 verse 4, where it says, The king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 15, talking about David and the way that he uh, ministered as king. It says, and David ministered justice and equity to all his people. Now, the word equity is not given an exact, exact definition in the Bible, but the Hebrew word does convey the idea of uprightness, levelness, and fairness, okay? Now, the word equality also appears a number of times. So, for example, it can um, be used in the Bible where it's talking about equal amounts of something measurable like money or goods or time. So, if you want to look further, look at Exodus 30, 34 and Ezekiel 4, 5. Uh, It can also refer to using the same standard for everyone, such as weights and measures used in trade. So have a look at Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 25 and Proverbs chapter 20, verse 10. Or it can talk about equality when it comes to the laws, and you'll find that in Leviticus. So the word equality and equity, but basically... Um, 
are both seen throughout the Bible. Now, the word equality is also seen in other ways, and I wanted to kind of explore this a little bit more because this will um, mean a bit more to you guys. So, for example, the Bible talks in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27, about how we are created equal. We're all created equal in God's image. In Romans 3.23, it says that we're all equal in that we've all committed sin. And then in Acts 15.11, talks about how we all need redemption. So we're all equal in the fact that we're created in God's image. We've all sinned and we all need redemption. Okay, so the Bible does use both equity and equality. But the biggest difference between the Bible and the world, and this is what I want to really focus on today, the biggest difference between how the Bible frames them and how the world is now using them, and this is why we need to be super careful, is quite different. And I'm going to talk about a couple of points in how the Bible frames equity and equality compared with how society is now framing equity and equality. So the first thing I want to start with is there are some parts where the Bible and the world, we do agree. So where the Bible and current conversation does agree is that all people should be treated equally and fairly. That is something that the Bible talks about, and that is something that society talks about. We can all agree on that. The Bible and society agree that all people should be treated equally and fairly. We both also agree that we should take people's needs into consideration. And it also agrees that we're all equal in value, okay? Whether we are women, men, children, no matter the color of our skin, no matter where we live, no matter the culture where we come from, the Bible and the world agrees that we are all of equal value, okay? But here is where the difference lies. The biggest difference between biblical equality and equity and modern equality and equity is that the Bible is not so driven towards the simplistic outcomes that's being driven by political solutions in the world. Okay. So in other words, the Bible places emphasis on equal and equitable treatment, but not on equal outcome. That is the biggest difference and our biggest takeaway from today, that the Bible is definitely driven around how we are, should be you know, treated equally and we're of equal value, and it talks about equity, but the Bible is different to the world on, on how we frame the outcome, okay? So modern conversation about equality and equity are not the same as the Bible, So just because the Bible uses similar language, we shouldn't assume that the Bible agrees with or supports the political solutions that you and I are now being taught are good. So let's explore that a bit more. So remember, we have political leaders such as Kamala Harris in America who are outrightly saying, like I said before in her speech, that what we should be striving for is that even if we start in the different place, we should all end in the same place. That according to her, we should all have equal outcome. Okay. So what political leaders are going for is that equal outcome should now be the goal of all public policy. 
Okay, just think about that. That equal outcome should be the goal of all public policy. Now, this is what sounds good, but we are starting to wade in the waters of dangerous territory here. And I just want to kind of get you thinking and open your minds about this. So someone like Kamala Harris, for example, is saying not only should we all start at the same place, but we should all end at the same place. Now, at the moment, every person in Western society has access to the same rights, right? Like we can all vote. We can all have access to marriage, to freedom of religion. We can all own our own property. And the government at the moment cannot deny our rights because we're black or because we're female or because we're uh, a woman. I just said that because we're female or, for example, because we're a Muslim. So we've all got certain rights. Nobody can take those rights away. Otherwise, this would be unequal treatment. But, 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 but. In order for equity in outcome to be achieved, so in order for us all to end up with the same amount of everything to reach this utopia of fairness and equality and justice, there's only one way that that can happen. And that would be to give the government full power to violate these rights in order to achieve identical social rights for all people. Did you hear me? This should worry all of us. The only way for us to achieve this utopia is to give someone else in authority, so obviously at the moment that would be government, the full power to violate these rights so that they can help achieve these identical social outcomes. So to achieve social equity of outcome, authority figures like the government would be justified in giving some people more rights than others. This is why the whole racism argument is becoming so dangerous. People are demanding for rights to be taken away from white people to even up the playing field for people of color. Should all races be treated equally? Yes. Should all races be given equal opportunity? Yes. Should we start taking the rights and freedoms from one race to even up the ledger for another race? So an example here would be, for example, in freedom of speech. So if we don't say what big tech companies think we ought to say, and by the way, big tech companies, in case you didn't know, are some of the biggest contributors of money into certain political parties. So if we don't say what big tech companies think we ought to say, whether it be about racism or something else, They now can, and we've seen examples of this recently, they not only can, but they will suspend your account, whether that be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, they can ban you, suspend you, or even shut your account down. Now, just last week, PragerU, who is a conservative voice um, that's come out of America, um, started by a guy called Dennis Prager, who's a, a Jewish man. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't talk that much about being Jewish um, in a lot of his stuff. He just talks a lot of common sense. But their account, which has got a couple of million followers, was shut down. They have never said anything wrong except what they do um, promote is conservative values. So it's very dangerous territory when we start disagreeing with, uh, you know, these big tech companies because we can just get shut down. So in order to achieve equity in society, someone has to have the power to mandate this. 
Somebody has to have the power to violate someone's freedom somewhere in order to achieve equal outcome for everyone. But remember what I said, who is the arbiter of that equal outcome? Because at the moment, it's the big tech companies. Another example would be forced vaccination and uh, the forced vaccination passport. This is another example, and it's starting to creep in. We're told that if we care about others, that we'll go and get vaccinated. And of course, that sounds really good. But the thing is, personal freedoms are starting to be taken away if we don't comply. It could end up that we can't fly if we don't have a vaccination passport, or it could be that perhaps we're not able to go to certain shops or restaurants if we don't have a vaccination passport. So our basic human right of freedom over our own body is being taken away by greater authorities to achieve an outcome for society as a whole. Can you see where this is going? Already some healthcare workers could lose their job or registration if they don't comply. So a basic human right is being violated for the greater good of society. But that's exactly what a quality of outcome is. It is, I will restrict your freedom for the greater good of society. And that's where we're headed. That's socialism, by the way, and ultimately communism too. But this is just the beginning So another example, in order to achieve equity of outcome, for example, for transgender people, in Victoria, the right for religious freedom to hold a certain view is being violated in order to achieve that. And that just got passed at the end of last year. So you can no longer hold your own view publicly in order to make sure that there's equity of outcome for transgender people. So can you see from these examples where this is all heading that the only way to achieve social equity is if the government or another authority, which could be companies with money, for example, start to mandate it. Now, our system is not perfect, but it is certainly better than what it used to be. And it's also better than the systems of most countries where they don't have democracy, where they have instead communism or dictatorships. Um, It's certainly better than some countries that have such poor economic outcomes that people are starving. We have to remember that people are good. We have to remember that our current democracy means we have a lot to be thankful for. And it's dangerous that our universities or even our schools are now teaching people that we are oppressed if we don't have this equity of outcome. Okay, it's, it's a bit heavy, right? Take a breather. You've done really well. I want us to think a bit deeper, let's go another level deeper, about the conversation around equality and equity and take a bit of a biblical perspective. So current conversation, by the way, also assumes that the difference in having a difference in outcome between people, that it's a bad thing, that all inequalities are the result of injustices or all inequalities are the result of unequal treatment, both past and present, by the way. So we need to strive towards this equity and equality of outcomes so we all end up in the same place and it's all fair. But is this true? Now, without question, Unequal treatment of people in the past has led to inequity in the present, okay? And that's because of sin. But not all inequity is because of sin or injustice, okay? Think about that. Not all inequity 
is because of sin or injustice, but you're never going to hear this from the world. The, the, the message being peddled is that all inequity is because of injustice of some sort or sin, and there needs to be reparation. But the Bible doesn't support the idea that all differences in outcome are because of injustice and sin. Some is simply because of our created differences and desires that lead to different outcomes. So true equality of outcome could only happen if we had no differences in us as human beings. So let me give you an example. Take, for example, a short guy, okay, maybe like a a guy that's five foot seven or so, and he obviously can't play basketball um, or can't quite get the same results as LeBron James. I don't even know how tall he is. Someone tell me, (laughs) someone jump on my social media. How tall is LeBron James? I know he's tall. Now, obviously, LeBron James has an advantage, nothing to do with sin, nothing to do with injustice. It's just humans are different. And he's got an advantage that the other guy doesn't have. So what should we do in that case? Should we add five inches to the other man? I don't know how we're going to do that. Should we take five inches from LeBron James? So you can't mandate equality and equity in everything. God created us with different characteristics, with different talents, with different abilities, because guess what? God had a different outcome in mind. Now, there is sin that can lead to inequity, and it's not always injustice, by the way. What about a lazy person compared to a hardworking person? If a person's lazy, they're going to have different outcomes. So what do we do? Do we still go, oh, it doesn't matter if you're lazy and the other person's hardworking. We all need a quality of outcome. So we're going to take the money that you've both made and divide it up equally between you. So the lazy person and the hardworking person can both receive exactly the same. What if someone steals from someone? Well, that's going to lead to um, an unequal outcome. Like just this week in my own family, like poor Georgia had a terrible car accident this week. That was not her fault. She did nothing wrong except that she was there on the road waiting to turn right. This lady slams up the back of her full pace, no braking. Now, as a result of that, her car got written off. She also lost her registration money that the insurance company took and the insurance company took the next six months of her payments. There is nothing fair about that. There was a big equality inequality of outcome, but sometimes that's just life. Inequity can also come about because of cultural differences that are not sinful. For example, some countries use time as a commodity, which means they utilize their resource in a way that produces maximum efficiency and productivity. A lot of Western societies are driven that way, Australia, America, Germany. So, There are other countries that don't use time as a commodity. They're far more laid back. So that that means that there's going to be global um, inequities of wealth. It's not bad. It's just different approaches. Another source of inequity that isn't sinful is creation. We all live in different parts of the world. So we'd all agree a tribe living in the most remote regions of the Amazon might have what we would consider perhaps lower standard rates of living. Geography is probably one of the greatest contributors of global inequality. And then there's spiritual inequality. And this is what I was talking about on my little teaser on Instagram. There are inequalities that are actually God ordained. 
Think about that. The Holy Spirit, for example, is for all believers, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 11. So there's something that's being given in equal measure. But then there are other things that are unequal that are God-ordained. For example, that God talks about how gifts are distributed differently among us. Go and have a look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28 to 30. And in fact, the Bible even goes so far as to say that some giftings and callings are even greater than others. Gee, you don't want to go saying that too much on social media. Hey, you'll get <laughs> you'll get hailed down. But the Bible says some giftings and some callings are greater than others. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Timothy 5, verse 17. Also, we're told in the Bible that while we will all receive salvation, we will be, <gasps> shakara, rewarded differently for our faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 to 15, Matthew 25, verse 14 to 30. So there's not always equal outcome when it comes to the Bible. So some inequity is due to sin, okay, whether that be personal or cultural. But a lot of inequity is simply the way that humanity works, and we cannot remake or change this. In fact, the only way to attempt it will be with policies that are going to be forced upon us. So in order for that to work, in order for for this so-called equity of outcome to work, it means that freedoms will have to be taken away from one group in in order to level up the playing field for another. But then we're right back to square one again, right? Instead, we need to accept the way that God made us. He is actually the only one who can bring justice on the earth because he is perfect. We can attempt to do what we can to make sure all people receive justice and mercy, but ultimately we are imperfect people who will do an imperfect job. We cannot remake every human being to be alike so that no equity would ever exist and neither should we wish for that. You know, the Bible talks about, Jesus talks about, you will always, we will always have the poor among us. The Bible recognizes that we will never have equality of outcome. I mean, even think about the fact that some people will be saved and some people will not. Now, that just seems so offensive to say that now because that doesn't seem fair, but that is what the Bible says. God has given us all different strengths and gifts and natural resources, and we should always use those things for the good of humanity. But to try and remove differences and therefore remove inequalities or inequities is trying to play God. And the world is trying so hard right now to do that. They're trying to pretend that men can have babies and that men can chest feed They're trying to pretend that a boy can be a girl or a girl can be a boy. The world is trying so hard not to offend one person over another with their belief, but it's an impossible task and it actually goes against how God made us. That's why I talked so many episodes ago, but go back and listen to it about, do we really even want to try and achieve, achieve this whole equality? And I was talking about particularly with men and women. And why is it a bad thing? Why do women have to be like men? Why do men have to be more like women? God made us differently, and we should celebrate those differences, not try and mandate uniformity. Oh, we did it, guys. 35 minutes. I'm exhausted. 
<laughs> I um, look, I feel like that's just the beginning of opening up a conversation about equality and equity. But next time you see something on social media, I want you to weigh it up with all of those things that I said. Perhaps go back and listen to this again and take notes and have conversations with people around you and just try and get your head around it. But but my biggest challenge is that I think we need to reconsider whether this whole equality of outcome and equity of outcome and everyone finishing in the same place, whether that's going to be of great benefit to society or great harm. Because like I think I've explained today, I think it's going to bring far more harm than good. So anyway, come and chat with me on social media. Thanks so much for joining me for a really heavy, um, thought-provoking topic. And I can't wait to be back with you on Friday for our parenting episode. So I'll see you there. Bye. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast.com.